Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast, postseason edition. Jay, I don't know that we've done this. If we did it during the pandemic, I forget. But here we are, Padres, Mets, Wild Card Series. I'm in New York. Jay Posner, Sports Center of the Union Tribune, is in San Diego. Jay, on, on paper, which is not where this game will be played, but on I paper, this is a mismatch of the proportions that, other than it being the postseason, other than the Padres having good starting pitching, like, there's no chance the Padres win this series. That is the mismatch. If you really look at the the personnel, the season stats, the, the Mets are just a, a far superior team. Over 162 games? Absolutely. Yep. There's yep. no there's no question that the Mets are superior, the Braves are superior, the Dodgers are superior, the Cardinals were superior. Um, no, I mean I guess, really superior. I'm, no, I'm not talking I, I think, well, I I think three of those teams, three of those teams were really superior to the Padres. I, I wouldn't put the Cardinals in the really superior category, but they were better. But yeah, I, I mean, but this is this is baseball. It's two out of three. I mean, I, I was telling somebody the other day. I think the Dodgers lost two out of three to the Nationals uh, one weekend this year. I think the Dodgers lost five out of six to the Pirates. Uh, the Padres themselves, you know, right after the All Star break, this was so typical of this season. Went to New York, beat the Mets two out of three, including you, Darvish over Max. Scherzer in one of the games and then went to Detroit and lost two out of three to a, a terrible team. So, yeah, I mean, I of course the Padres go into the series as underdogs, but they have the one thing that can win playoff game above all else, and that's really good pitching. And those guys have been good all year long, you know, throughout the Darvish, certainly throughout the year. Uh, Snell had his struggles, but, you know, he's been second half Snell lately. He's got a Tremendous postseason record. Uh, Joe Musgrove seems to have picked it up again later in the year, resembled more of the Musgrove we saw earlier. Uh, and if it comes to it and and all three of those guys pitch, um, I, yeah, the Padres absolutely have a chance. I, I know they're the biggest underdog, at least on the odds, they're the biggest underdog of the weekend among the four teams. But, you know, anything can happen. I was just watching uh, right before we take this, I had the Guardians-Rays game on and Christian Bethencourt walked to the plate for Tampa Bay, and he got a he got a pat on the butt from Austin Hedges behind the plate. So you know what? You never, never, ever know what you're going to see in the uh, in the playoffs. No, and it's now it is the playoffs. Uh, it is Max Scherzer. It you know. Oh, by the way, you Darvish faced Max Scherzer here in July. The Padres won. Right. You Darvish fa- or uh, Blake Snell faced Chris Bassett here in July. Padres won. Now in that Max Scherzer game, they got a two-run homer off of Max Scherzer. You know who it was by? I do know. Eric Hosmer. Got- exactly. He doesn't play here anymore. <laughs> uh, the Padres also got a home run from Trent Grisham. Jay, do you want to dive into this real quick? Yeah, well, I think we should because I, I was going to say on here, and I, I don't think it's a bold statement by any means, but I fully expect to see Trent Grisham in the starting lineup tonight. Uh, and, you know, his numbers were were pretty horrible most of the year, all of the year. Uh, he did hit some home runs. One of them was off Scherzer. And I and I also think... It actually was off if, Jolie Rodriguez. It was in that game. Okay, in that game. Sorry, not off Scherzer. But I do think that given the series, given the way the series, you would think it's going to be played, which is low scoring games in big ballpark in a big ballpark. Um, you're gonna want Grisham's defense in center field. And you know what? Even if Grisham strikes out three times tonight, I still think he's gotta be the guy that starts because he's he's been in the playoffs. He had a rough moment in the playoffs. It might be one of the reasons he got traded. Um, it was a I, I did not think that was a terrible play by Grisham that night. It was kind of a weird play, uh, the Milwaukee Washington game. But anyway. Grisham is by far their best center fielder. Uh, this is going to be a game that you would expect to be close. 
And it's a big outfield at City Field. There's not a lot of slugging that goes on. I think you had a, uh, or Jeff had a note in in our extensive coverage the last couple of days that among the ballparks in Major League Baseball, City Field and Petco Park produce two of the three lowest slugging percentages mm-hmm. in all of baseball. Detroit is the other one. So defense is at a premium. Grisham's their best defensive center fielder. And look, if Jose Ozokar, if Jose Ozokar was, if you expected him to dominate Max Scherzer at the plate, yeah, you could play him and live with the defense. But I would not expect Ozokar is not the kind of guy that you would think would have much success against Scherzer. Uh, and so to me, it makes sense to start Trent Grisham and you're just going to have to live with with Grisham. But to me, it's no, it's really no different. Ozokar is not any more of a threat at the plate right now against Max Scherzer than Grisham is. And in fact, maybe Grisham's slightly bigger because he's left-handed. He might, run, he might run into one the way Daniel Camarena did a couple of years ago off of Scherzer as a left-handed batter. Maybe he catches one, it goes over the wall and everybody apologizes to Trent Grisham for for everything we said about him all year long. That's what the postseason is all about. Like you mentioned, that play that uh, happened in the wild card game in 2019. By the way, Josh Hader was the pitcher. Juan Soto was the batter. Uh, Was it really that bad of a play? But, oh, my gosh, they were ready to run him out of Milwaukee because it's the postseason, because it obviously was a decisive play. Uh, also, it is the right of fans. Being a fan is like being an American. You can do whatever you want. Uh, but you you get to complain about a guy and say he should never play without coming up with a replacement for him. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Which is what I mean, I was thinking, AJ Preller and, and the rest of them have to do. I, I was thinking about that today. I, I got a note from, from someone we both know who said, I can't believe that you know Dixon and Camposano are both on the wildcard roster. And I thought, well, who else is there? <laughs> Real paying attention, and it, and it was and it was just more. I, I don't think he was expecting anybody else. It was just kind of like I can't believe this is what it's come to. More of that go. that these two guys are on yeah. there. But if you think about it, I mean, who got who got left off as a position player that that you would want on there? I mean, half the position players on there are guys that you're kind of shaking your head and going, "Wow, these guys are really on the roster." But that's that's who they have right now. That's their that's the depth, and and that's why you know to segue into something else. That's why they need guys like like Juan Soto and Manny Machado, um, and and Cronenworth, the guys who have you know sort of carried this offense at times uh, during the year to come up this weekend. And somebody's going to have to get a, a big hit now and then uh, to do that. I don't expect you know I, I'm not looking. The Padres are probably not going to win any games this weekend if they're going to have to score five or six runs. Um, But can they score three runs and win three to two? Sure. But somebody's going to have to, you know, somebody's going to have to deliver those runs. Because you said that they will win a game six to five or six to four. Because you said that. But no, you're you're absolutely right. And, you know, the point on Grisham of um, this is where people – you know, make their mark. This is where people turn around their seasons, where we are 15 years from now, you remember Trent Grisham for what he did in the postseason and not the whatever it ended up being, 180. Okay. And I'm saying right, Trent Grisham, right. could it be Ha Sung Kim, uh, which I don't think would be all that surprising. Uh, now, I think on this team, you need it to be one or both Manny Machado, Juan Soto. Uh, yeah, and Juan Soto, fantastic in his uh, postseason experience that he had. Uh, that worked out well for his team and fantastic at City Field. Yeah, you got great numbers against the Mets, especially at, at City Field. I, I don't think the numbers are quite as good against Scherzer, um, but well, he's faced him. I think it is one for three with three walks. Okay, 
and he homered off of him, and so did Josh Bell this year. Yeah, well, I, I almost mentioned Josh Bell earlier, but I'm not even sure what category to put Josh Bell in because the and I'm Josh not sure Bell, what those two guys on the Nationals have to do with those two guys on the Padres. <laughs> yeah, well, and especially the Josh Bell part. I, I just every time I see Josh Bell as a Padre, I. I think there must have been some mistake in in the trade and that and that somebody switched bodies with him or something because the for that guy to have the numbers he had in Washington and even in his career and then to to play like he did here the last couple of months it just doesn't even seem conceivable that that could happen I mean the numbers for those watching are on the screen his slugging percentage was 271 I mean that, that's like a pitcher's slugging percentage uh back when pitchers used to hit so I I don't know but maybe hey maybe he's back in the NL East this weekend and uh, he's he's in a place where he's more familiar with. I I don't know things things weird things happen in the playoffs. And he's and, and he's uh, a switch hitter. And I, I mean I would expect him to be in there tonight, given his uh, what he yeah. did against Scherzer uh, this year. And I you know I, I was again. trying to make a case. I was trying to make a case for Will Myers to be in there. But if Myers is in there, it means probably that either Drury or Bell is not. And, you know, I don't know which one of those guys you're going to take out right now. I mean, I'm not going to take Drury out. Um, and I, I think they're probably going to go with Bell. Just, I mean, Bob Melvin loves his matchups, loves his righty-lefty. And uh, I, I expect to see, you know, Profar, Grisham, and Soto in the outfield. And I don't know if Bell or Drury will play first base. The other one will DH. Um and the normal, you know, Cronenworth, Kim, and Machado, and uh, Austin Nola obviously will be behind the plate since he nobody else has caught Darvish all year. Uh, and then we'll see. And and uh, if if that's good enough, I mean, matching up against the Mets and Pete Alonso and Jeff McNeil and Francisco Lindor, uh, you know, that it's not a great matchup uh, for for the Padres, but. The equalizer is always the pitching, and and I would worry more at this point about the Padre bullpen um, than I would. At, about the Padres starters, and I would bet that Mets fans would say the same thing, that they would worry about the bullpen and not the closer. I, I'm not as worried. This will all come back to haunt me, but not as worried about Josh Hader. I'm sure Mets fans are not as worried about Edwin Diaz, who has just ungodly numbers striking out basically two guys for every inning he pitches. The Padres do not want to hear those trumpets this weekend. That's going to be a bad sound if he's coming into the game. But I don't know that the Mets setup guys – you know, I think Ottavino had a good year, but outside of him, I'm not sure how good some of their other guys are. And the Padres, you know, I how much do you trust some of those guys? I think I think Robert Suarez has been fantastic. You know, Garcia at times, Martinez at times. We'll see what happens. And the ideal, obviously, is for Darvish to go as deep into the game as he can. And he's been really good at that, going going seven innings most of the time he's pitched. Yeah, you know, the Mets have a lot of similarities. Their bullpen and the fact that there have been guys that have been really good. And then there are times that they're they're not. Uh, their bullpen's about ranked about uh, similarly. And then from what I could tell, obviously, I didn't follow the Mets quite as closely. It, it followed a, a similar arc. Uh, yeah. the, the Mets, their offense overall, much better. There were times that the Mets offense shut down. They had almost as many games where they scored one or zero runs as the Padres, and none of the other playoff teams came close. I think it was like 28 for the Padres and 26 for the Mets, games where they scored one or zero runs. Like the Dodgers had 12 or whatever, 15, and then the Braves, right. and, and it, was, it was not even close. And so there are similarities here, but when you're talking about like whatever stat you want to pick, the Padres basically, you want to pick war, you want to pick WRC+, plus, you want to pick OPS+, plus, you want to go straight with on-base percentage. 
the Padres had Manny Machado, and then in some of those categories, Jake Cronenworth, Hassan Kim, and then, of course, Juan Soto, who built a lot of his numbers, most of his numbers uh, with Washington. And the right. Mets had six guys. Like, in every yeah. one of those categories, the Mets have six guys. They had yeah. – I, I can't reveal my MVP ballot, but I, I believe I finished with three Mets in my top ten. Um, uh-huh. And it was really tough. And, and you know – Pete Alonso is a danger. He hasn't done well against you, uh, Darvish, but Pete Alonso, you make the wrong pitch to him, it's gone. Right, right. And look, Lindor has a lot of playoff experience uh, back with Cleveland. And, uh, um, you know, Jeff McNeil led the league in, in the category we're not supposed to count, but he still hit 326, I believe, which means he gets a lot of hits. Um, and so, you know, they're, they have a lot of, they have a lot of weapons, but, they did also, you know, you go back to you, Darvish pitched great against him this year. And we talk all the time about adjustments. Darvish pitched 14 innings against the Mets, gave up one run. I'm sure the Mets uh, and their staff and their players have studied what he did. And I'm sure, guarantee you, Darvish has studied what he did in those games. And and we'll see what, what? changes. I, I think the, the one thing that I really love about the fact that they're playing, that they're playing the Mets is I, I think, I think the atmosphere at City Field will be tremendous in these in these games whether it's two or three games especially they're going to be played at night although there is a chance the sunday game will be played at one o'clock san diego time just stay tuned uh for that but the first two games will be you know a little after eight eastern a little after 7 30 eastern and i i just think you know look a lot of people don't like don't like new york don't like new york teams but you cannot argue with the atmosphere at a new york postseason baseball game i i just think they're a blast to watch and especially if the Padres are up 3-0 in the seventh and they start to boo because yeah. Francisco Lindor <laughs> struck out or something. <laughs> and there's a lot. And the other thing I was going to mention is if if this matters at all, and I and I don't know that it does or that you can quantify it, there is definitely more pressure on the Mets than oh. there is on the Padres. I mean, the Mets were a team that they were in first place for like 150 days or more this year. And it came apart at the end with that series in Atlanta that last weekend. They won 101 games. But I'm sure, you know, their fans were not happy about the way it went down last weekend. And if they were and if they were to, as you said, fall behind, if they were to lose game one, I mean, I just think there's a lot of pressure on the Mets where this season becomes a real a real disaster for them uh, in the community if they lose uh, if they lose this series. And I'm not saying that Padre fans are going to be accepting of, of what happened or anything, but there's definitely more pressure on the Mets this weekend than there is on the Padres. That's the talk here is, um, is the pressure and certainly the collapse, the collapse that the 101 team uh, yeah. team had. Nonetheless, yeah. they did you know, get swept in that series against the, the Braves. I guess that's all it takes to collapse if the other team is going to also have 101 wins. Um, so uh, <laughs> uh, yesterday, that was that was really all that the people were talking about uh, for, for the most part. That and, you know, you talked about, would Bob Melvin start Will Myers over Josh Bell? And I'm with you. I don't think so. He's going to go with the matchup, even though Will Myers right now locked in. And yep. you think, hey, maybe that's worth a flyer. And especially in the playoffs. Is it a playoff kind of move? Well, <laughs> go over to the other side. And Buck Showalter is basically holding out Jacob DeGrom. If the Mets win tonight, Chris Bassett starts tomorrow. And he has Jacob DeGrom. For game one, you know, potentially either game three or game one of the National League Division Series. Right. So he's going to hold his best pitcher for game three or his, or, you know, his next best pitcher. Yeah. 
Yeah. For game three. Or and, his best. I'm sorry. Yeah, or he might be his best. Right. Might be his best. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's an interesting decision. That's a wonderful luxury to have. It is a topic of uh, debate here, whether that's kind of overthinking. I probably think it is. Chris Bassett, nice starter for game one or game three. On the other hand, I don't think the Potters want to face Jacob deGrom in a, in a game three. So yeah. um, I think it's backfired on Buckshell Walter before. Um, this is something that he has done before. Uh, very interesting. Jay, what do you think? I, I, I don't, I mean, I see both sides of it and it's, I, I don't, I was thinking about, well, you know, should the Padres do that at all? But the Padres, I, to me, Snell and Musgrove are pretty much even at this point. And, and so it's like, why would you even do that? Just, just say, here's what our, here's what our lineup is. Here's what we're going to go with. Snell's, you know, Snell's been good. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really like the idea of trying to, of, of saying, well, we're gonna we're okay with getting to a game three. That's and, almost and then, what it's like saying, even though it's yeah, not. But it it's is. not. I mean, and, <laughs> and and Bob Melvin would be the first guy to tell you how good he thinks Chris Bassett is because he was he was a pitcher for Bob Melvin for several years. So uh it's it's not like um you know it's it's not like they're gonna throw out Vince Velasquez uh or one of those or one of those Padre guys from last year. Uh, Jake Arietta is going to come out of retirement or something, but it does seem it does seem to be a little bit of overthinking. I look, Showalter is one of those guys who's forgotten more about baseball than any of us combined or ever or ever going to know, and he's he's done a lot. I also recall him in Baltimore. Yep. Leaving Zach Britton in the bullpen yep. and getting and getting torched for that when the Orioles lost the wild card game while they left their best reliever in the bullpen. We'll see what happens tonight or even tomorrow and how he utilizes the bullpen. But there seems to be a little hint of that with saving with saving DeGrom. But, you know, look, the Mets could win the first two games. They, they could beat the Padres two straight, and then he's got, he's lined up with, with DeGrom and Scherzer in the first two games uh, in L.A. next week. So and, and then I think he would have to go on for game five uh, as well if it came down to that. So I, I, I'm not saying I, I don't think it's a move to criticize. I think it's a little bit interesting. But, uh, you know, Chris Bassett's pretty good also. And uh, the so Padres I, torched sure him in San yeah. Diego in June, and then he pitched really well against them. Seven innings. The only runs he gave up was a two run homer by Manny Machado. Uh, uh, I think four other hits or something in the seven innings. I mean, he was really good. The Padres, when they came away from there, uh, the two things that stand out to me is Adrian Morahone pitched really well here in, uh, I believe, the middle game. And it was like, oh, Adrian Morahone, man, he's going to yeah. be one of their back end guys. And it hasn't yeah. exactly worked out like that. Still think that Adrian Morahone can be a, a real weapon for you, but it hasn't worked out like that. And the other thing is the Padres talked about how that was how they were going to have to win games in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be by home runs in both games but if it is it's either by getting that you know that pitch that you a mistake that you turn into a home run or it's you know look they did it a lot in the uh, first month and a half of the season I would argue two months of the season where they mm -hmm. didn't have losing streaks they yep. Found ways to win. They went first to third. They went second to home. They sacrificed bunts, sacrificed hits. They were among the league leaders in all of those. Now, Manny Machado and Eric Hosmer were hot. Like yeah, most of that say, time, they were one, two in the major leagues in batting average and on base percentage. And especially with runners in scoring position. I, yes, um, yes. I remember this is, a, you know, that's the one thing about the comparison, trying to read too much into what we saw, um, excuse me, earlier in the year is that the Padres lineup is totally different now it's than it incredible. was then. Um, you know, there's just a, a case where not only the guys that are gone, like Hosmer, um, but, you know, Drury, Bell, Soto are all new. 
no idea what to expect from um, you know from any of them, and uh, so it's it's tough to read too much uh, too much into that. I, I do I, I just think you know these will be low these will be low scoring games, and and the Padres will probably bunt more than I like or most people like, um, but I think they'll probably look at it as they're, they're bunting with guys who who aren't very good hitters. Um, what I would hate to see is is, you know, sort of having one bad hitter bunting in front of another one. Um, but if they can get a guy over to third base and hope for a, for a safety squeeze or a, or a fly ball or any of that kind of stuff, these games just feel like they should be tight. Now, again, this will all come back and not, none of this will happen, but that's what it, that's what it feels like for these games. And so then, you know, you, you've got to play good defense. You've got to move runners. You can't be striking out with, with a runner at third and one out, that sort of thing. I think We've your point on the defense is big. This is a sneaky big ballpark. I'm thinking of all the doubles I've seen to right center. Yeah. And so, you know, something like that, you know, um, Austin Nola could be a guy who, you know, he's not going to hit you a bomb, but, you know, Austin Nola could be a guy who comes up with Hassan Kim on, on first and, and he hits a double for a run. I mean, it's, it's, those are the type of things I, 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 I see happening. And you right. know what? Man, I, I just believe I, I, maybe it's because I watched them too much and I don't know who on this offense to have faith in, uh, who to pick <laughs> as my dark horse, right? Like that that guy who is uh, has the postseason that, that no one ever expected. I just think that this is Soto and Machado time. Um, I, I, I Maybe that's too easy. I just feel like, man, I, like I said, I think I watched this offense too much. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I think we all – I think we all have, and it's uh, it's it's. I don't know. Maybe it's a maybe it's a Brandon Drury type of guy. Maybe it's Nola. I mean, I can see Nola, you know, finding the gap or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's it is hard to have faith in most of uh, uh, in most of these guys. But that again, it's it's two out of three. It's it's not like you need to have an extended run here. Um, you know, we talked about Darvish. Snell had the great postseason. They are going to need the bullpen more. The other reason to to hope that Darvish goes deep tonight into the game is that the next two days I would not expect Snell, certainly Snell and even Musgrove, to be able to get past the sixth inning. Not even sure Snell will get past five. Right. Um, and uh, although he, he had the, you know, he's had some outings later in the year, but the Mets, I, I think Jeff referred to them as they're sort of the NL East version of the Dodgers with their lineup. And they can, you know, they can grind down pitchers and you're not going to get, uh, guys like Snell aren't going to get too deep in the game. So now you're going to need, that's where a guy like Morahone uh, or Nick Martinez, maybe those are the guys that are in the in the six seven inning uh, situation tomorrow night. Well, that's uh, where it, I'll be interested to see what today is. Who does he use in the sixth uh, if he has to? You yeah. Know, who does he use yeah. the first guy basically? Right, because Darvish comes out when it's uh, you know perilous probably, unless it, he's at the end of an inning he's reached a certain <clears throat> limit, and, and Bob Musk or Bob Melvin, <laughs> Bob Melvin. Uh, you know, feels like that's the end of it. But I mean, this is the guy he would ride further than anyone. But that's where it'll it will be interesting to see who he uses first tonight, who's not available tomorrow. If they're not available tomorrow, you know, do they win tonight? And is tomorrow like, hey, they're trying to close out a victory tomorrow? I mean, it's this yeah. is gonna be great because you don't no, so much of the baseball season is about tomorrow, next week, what happened yeah. last week, and it no longer is that way. I feel like it's an NFL Sunday. Yeah, no, it's very it's very true. You can't be thinking – I mean, the biggest thing is to win the game that's in front of you, and you yes. can't be thinking about tomorrow. And I, I thought Pierce Johnson would be a guy that could be big. I don't know now, based on what we saw, that how – how reliable he might be and how much faith I mean, they have just, in him. That's the thing we've probably lost in the first six appearances is he, he's just back from two months off. 
Yeah. So I, I'm not sure what, you know, it seems like Johnson and Wilson and Manaya uh, are sort of, at, would be sort of at the back end of things. You've got Tim Hill and Morahone, you know, which left-hander does he go to? Maybe it even depends on what the matchup is and, and what their numbers show on that. And then you have Garcia, Garcia and Martinez. And to be in that late inning, uh, Suarez, obviously, Suarez. to be late. But it, it almost feels like Suarez, is Suarez the eighth inning guy tonight? If- Unless the seventh inning is more important. To me, <coughs> right, Suarez right. Is, the guy, is the first guy. Um, yeah. I was talking with someone yesterday who felt like Garcia was that guy. Um, so I guess it matters what Bob Melvin thinks uh, in that yeah. moment. Bob Melvin talks yeah. a lot about feel. Why did he make a certain move? Feel. Uh, and and so uh, in regard to um, Snell, I just I do believe you're talk, talking about five innings, unless it's yeah. just so out of this world. Because yeah. especially, you know, how tonight goes, right? And where where's the bullpen at? Mm-hmm. But Snell has a tendency to have been, you know, basically lights out for five innings and get in trouble in the sixth, a walk or, or yeah. just leaves a fastball somewhere, a slice, more more likely a slider somewhere, and it's yeah. a double. And now you're asking someone to come in in a tight game probably, you know, with a runner on second, and you're in trouble. Whereas Bob Melvin, I think, would prefer to, to avoid that. Right, but then you end up being like Kevin Cash, and you're always remembered for when you took – Blake Snell out too early. Have we not? And, and look, there's not. There's probably not a bigger Snell guy in in uh, in the media at least. Um, <laughs> have we not learned that that maybe that was overblown and maybe yeah, the Rays knew what they were doing? Just a bit. And the other thing is, I mean, one of one of the uh, one of the things I noticed about Melvin during the year was I thought sometimes he was a little slow to get guys up in the bullpen. And I, I I've talked about this with you before that you know. You'd go into an inning like the sixth, let's say the sixth inning, and Snell's in a 1-1 tie tomorrow night. I would have someone up at the start of the sixth inning. And I would think in the postseason, Melvin would do that. I thought in the regular season, sometimes it took a couple batters to get Even that. Even later, I thought he did. I thought there was, he was more, he was quicker more. later. Yeah. So I, I would expect to see more of that uh, mm-hmm. with Absolutely. any of these guys tonight is that guys are going to get up more. This is, you know, this is three games. I mean, there's guys who could pitch all. I wouldn't be surprised if a yes. couple guys win in all three games. That's so, where I caught we'll myself when I talked about who pitched, you know. I yeah. think it, 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 to not pitch in two straight, you'd have to have thrown 30 pitches the night before. Yeah, you know. which could ha- which you know could happen. Uh, or had but I, uh, I, Bob Melvin to have looked into your eyes when he asked you before game two how you felt, and he doesn't believe you, you know, yeah. you, you know. But you're yes, that's where I caught myself. Like, no, it, it doesn't matter if if a guy threw uh, 22 pitches yesterday and they need him for an out to get the final out of the eighth inning, and that's the best matchup. That's the guy they're going to bring in. Right. Um, so. so. Well, anyway, I, I think we've covered a lot of a lot of different uh, areas. I, I think it, you know, it's a lot of talk, but I do think that I, I, it'd be a lot of fun to be in New York tonight at the at the ballpark. I think the atmosphere will be great. People here will be will be tuned in and excited. And I'm sure your first email complaining about something will arrive after I'm going to say three minutes. Oh no, and that doesn't count the pregame because okay, the lineup. You. Yeah, the, the oh, no, the lineup. The lineup in the in the game, I will say it'll be in the top of the first inning, and you'll already have something uh, from somebody complaining about something. But hey, that's that's what this is all about, especially in the postseason. Especially and the postseason. It'll be a lot of fun, and I, and I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again on Tuesday. 
And whether you're going to be in L.A. or you're going to be home, uh, it's uh, that'll be the big mystery is where is where does Kevin do Tuesday's show from? Since I know you'll be traveling Monday and I know you're tra- and I know you're traveling to L.A. on Monday. And the question is, how far then are you driving uh, after you get in your car? on? Uh, on- yep. Booked L.A. Just, you know, just maybe I'm the only guy with faith. I don't know. I don't know. Thanks, everybody. Uh,